Welcome to another episode of One of Us Has to Be Right. Justin is at a dress rehearsal. Uh, he's got High School Musical this week, so he's out. But I've got my buddy, Vincent Richardson, also known as Vinny, also known as Meet Q, also known as Swim Vin. <laughs> uh, he's going to be on the pod, as well as my cousin Christopher. So we've got two segments for you. We're going to skip past Scary Good, Scary Bad. We're going to get right into the free agent drama that's been going down in the NFL Vinny, talk to me about it, man. Hey, Josh. So, so far it's been a crazy year for free agency. People are signing everywhere with the most random of places. Um, so my goal today is, is to discuss basically the, the three best moves, three worst moves, and the best and worst team so far, and then a crazy prediction on where someone should go. For example, Deshaun Watson. So as – for example, <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I've been following it very, very closely because I myself am a huge Washington Commanders yeah. fan, a horrible team, horrible owner, curious what's going to happen. I think you're actually the first person who's ever said that on record. How does uh, that feel? It feels quite um, usual, average. <laughs> once again, for an average franchise and for a subpar owner, it's once again, it, every day as a, as a Washington Commander, it's a uh, very odd day. You know, next year it might be a different name. Yeah, the kings of going, the kings of going eight and eight. Basically, basically, um, true. Because I, I mean, in a way, I think the Giants were a great team going eight and eight, or the Cowboys with Tony Romo were actually well known for going like eight and eight uh, for a bunch of years with Jason Garrett. But anyway, moving on. All right, so top three best. Who do you have? I'll chime in after each one and kind of give my take on there. So number one, first of all, I think it's a phenomenal pick. Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Well, that's a trade. True. So are we counting trades? I think we should. Okay. So the best offseason move. Fair enough. Fair enough. So first things first, Russell Wilson. Okay. It's an improving O-line. Also got Ben uh, Braden from the Packers uh, as a guard. They got... uh, Gregory on the on the, on, the, on the defensive side for the ball. Uh, they're doing a great job with coaching. Uh, who's their uh, star receiver? I forget his name. We've they've got three. Well, not three but, stars, but you've got Courtland Sutton. Sutton, Jerry, Judy, and Tim. Yeah. Patrick. So so obviously uh, Judy's climbing, but Sutton is already a well known like star player in my opinion. Um, so to add someone as versatile as Russell Wilson, it only makes sense. They've been missing a quarterback for the last, you know. Since Peyton Manning, <laughs> really and truly. Since yeah. Peyton Manning, yeah. But, uh, you know, with Drew Locke, he has been a decent replacement. And Teddy Bridgewater, also very underrated in my opinion. Anyway, they were missing one big piece, and that was a quarterback. And they got it. So I expect them to be good contenders this, uh, this year. For um, I mean, that's a tough AFC it win. Is. I mean, it, honestly, depending on the way that those divisional games go, like – we could see the Raiders be, um, you know, an under-the-radar team that ends up being second or third. There's a chance that all four teams in that division, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, They're and Broncos, all, all end up making absolutely. the playoffs. There's, I mean, there's legitimately a chance. Um, so, I mean, yeah. we'll see. Um, I, I, I mean, I like the Russell Wilson trade, too. I've seen people grade it um, negatively for the Seahawks, but I, I disagree. disagree. I think that they've got – I mean, they got someone who is – um, more talented than Stafford, but they got a much bigger haul in return for him. I thought the Stafford deal was going to kind of be a, um, you know, a benchmark yeah. for what trading a starting quarterback 
um, for picks and a haul would look like. And the Russell Wilson trade was, in my opinion, what I thought the Deshaun Watson price tag would be. So now that Russ got traded for that, I'm almost a little scared to see some of the trade packages for Deshaun. But we'll talk about that later. Who's your second choice? So the Los Angeles Chargers picked up Khalil Mack or traded from the Bears. Okay. Okay. This is a great move. And that's your, and that's your second, second. That's your second yes, best move. Yes, because this think about this. They're already so close with a phenomenal offense. Adding someone as elite as Khalil Mack with Bosa, it just and also Derwin James, it's already going to implode. It's going to be not to mention they signed JC Jackson. Exactly. Too, so, once again, I mean, the sec- the secondary was already pretty was. scary. And not to mention Delaware, Delaware alumnus here Adderley's back there yep. too. Um, I mean that that Jerry Tillery on the defensive line yep. as well. But of course, I mean Bosa and Mac. It's just really a. And I mean they didn't. Go ahead, I'm sorry. They didn't give up that much. For they them. didn't. No, and that's once again a big reason why it's rated so high in my opinion because it's not only about the player you get, but how much you gave up to get you know to get him. Like how well the team are you like I negotiating? Think- yeah, wasn't I think Von Miller was a second and a third rounder correct, to, for the Rams to get him mid season, yeah. and the Khalil was only a second yeah. rounder for the yeah. for the Bears. So I mean, they needed to clear up some cap space. Correct. Don't get me wrong; they had a lot of pieces that they had to. They lose Bilal Nichols to the Raiders. Um, there's a lot of changes that are happening now that Matt Nagy's out, uh, and we kind of get to start to see um, a new regime in Chicago. So. We'll see how things kind of change. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Glomac move, too. I don't know if it's the second best. I think it's somewhere okay. in there. Um, but who do you who do you have as, who do you have okay. as third best? Okay, so hear me out. This is – please, this is all bias aside, okay? I do believe the Carson Wentz move is actually a genius move. And, 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 and here's my rationale behind this. Hear me out. And then afterwards you can say I'm wrong. First of all – T- Ter- okay. So, so okay. Terry McLaurin has never had a go-to starting quarterback, correct? But yet he's put up 900 and then 1,000 back-to-back seasons. He's rated top five okay. for, for uh, yards after catch, and he's top three in the last three years for, for catches that were had like high unlikability of catching, like for, what's it called, uh, contested yeah. catches. So he's obviously yes. an aggressive and speedy receiver. Now it's a quarterback that can actually reach to him in mid-stride is a big thing. Heineke, weak arm. Yeah. Allen, not accurate. Uh, Case Keenum, not accurate. Uh, Fitzpatrick, got hurt, don't know. Also probably pretty well, inaccurate. I would, I, look, I wouldn't say that Case Keenum has a weak arm. I would just say that he's a game manager and he wasn't willing to take the risks that you needed to take. That's fair. I mean, I think the most un the most uncharacteristic play I've ever seen Case Keenum make was when he bombed it down to to Stephon Diggs to win the Minneapolis. That's Miracle. true. Uh, that was that was the most uncharacteristic <laughs> throw that Case Keenum's ever made. And had he made more of them, he might be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But he he plays it so safe, and that's. Part of the problem with Carson Wentz, though, look, I was a huge fan when he went to Indy. Um, I mean, I think if you listen back to the pod a year ago, I made a huge stink about how good Carson <laughs> Wentz was in Philadelphia and how he's misunderstood yeah. and all these things. And I thought that I thought that that was such a good trade for the Colts to make. But now, almost a similar trade 
I think with Wentz, it was a, a second that turned into a first um, for Philly. Now they have that first-round pick from yep. Philly. Um, and then for now, with the Commanders, it was uh, swapping second-round picks and then two additional third-rounders, which, again, is not crazy given the fact that we saw you know what the Broncos had to give up for yeah. Russell Wilson and what the Rams gave up for Matt Stafford. Now, I'm not saying that Wentz is even close not to even that close. level. I'd say that Wentz is very... I'd say that on a good day, Wentz is top 20. On a bad day, he's top 25. He's kind of in that that mid-tier range, if not a little bit below mid-tier. Okay. However, I do agree. I Look, I do agree that the way that he can work inside of that commander system that Ron Rivera has put in place, if that defense steps it up, I know their secondary was abysmal last year, and then on top of that, you lose Landon Collins now. So there's a lot of moves that have to be made for you guys in the offseason, um, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. But, um, you know, you've got Antonio Gibson, you lose J.D. McKissick to the Bills, but you can draft someone to kind of fill that pass-catching back spot, that third down oh, back. Well, um, but then you've got you've – got Di- Well, McKissick came back to us. Did you hear about that? Yes, he did. I didn't. No, he signed. He signed a two-year, seven million dollars nope. deal with the Bills. Changed. He actually turned. Yes. No. He pulled a. He pulled a Randy. He Gregory? did. He's now back with the Washington well, Commanders. Reverse Randy. Washington. So apparently, what happened is Washington did not offer him a deal. They wanted to see how much he could get elsewhere, and then see if they could afford him. Wow! Four hours yep. ago. Yep. So uh, he is now back. So you have Gibson, Patterson. And McKissick in the backfield. Um, you have McLaurin, Thomas, yeah, I mean, and a healthy Curtis Samuel, hopefully, you know. Um, Diamond Brown. Brown uh, Cam Sims, sneaky good, kind of. Tall guy, physical receiver. Um, they did... Uh, Logan Thomas coming off of correct. that injury. They did uh, release um, a Brandon Sheriff, but that was expected. And they had a backup that played for him most of the season. That had a overall, I think it was eighty nine point something for like right guard for like rookie. Um, they drafted Sam Cosme last year in the draft. Great right tackle. Their O line isn't that bad. It was top ten last year, even with Sheriff out. Um, the main thing is really the defense. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean. So, uh, recapping here, your top, your three best picks correct. were, and now not even really signings. There trades. were trades, the moves that mm-hmm. were made. Wilson. Mm-hmm. Khalil mm-hmm. Mack and Carson yes. Wentz. Now there were okay. a bunch more that, that were that were great, of course. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there are teams that were resigned. Um, I think, you know, honestly, really and truly, uh, what what team is that? Uh, the Eagles did a great pickup with uh, Hasten uh, Reddick. Great pickup, in my opinion. Oh, Hassan, yeah. Hassan Reddick yeah. for the Panthers. Great pickup, and especially when Edge was going to be a need mm-hmm. that they were going to pick up in the draft. I, if if Jermaine Johnson slipped to them, I could have sent, seen them picking him up. But um, obviously, Hassan Reddick went to Temple, so it makes sense that he returns back to Philly now that he has a shot. And I think for the price tag, it wasn't awful either. I think it was three years, forty five mil. So um, you know, for a, so, someone as talented as Hassan Reddick, that just makes sense. I, I like that pick a yeah. lot too. But now flipping flipping the script a little bit, your three worst okay. moves. Okay, so season. three worst moves. Okay. So, first of all, move that I can't stand the most, in my opinion. Okay. So, this is ranked, once again, by a variety of things, whether it's the team itself, coaching staff in place, uh, what's already there. I... Okay. 
uh, the Browns are known every year for blockbuster trades, but then ending up nowhere. Um, I know that uh, Baker Mayfield is having issues with you know rumors of trades or whatever that may be. Um, but Amari Cooper yeah. from the Dallas Cowboys to the Browns, I think, is number one in my opinion. The worst. Yeah, and hear me out. He is a 27-year-old proven number one wide receiver, which the Browns desperately need after OBJ has left, right? But you have you have sure. an O-line that's old, first of all, a running back that does most of the work itself, and a, a little bit above average quarterback who has temper tantrums and cannot come in clutch for games. Like, this is a receiver that needs to go somewhere to compete. Or it needs to be like around some. Like for example, uh, if he went to, I'm just gonna say, for example, uh, the Jags. I would have loved that. Cooper to the Jags would have been great, in my opinion. You, wait, hold on. You said this is a guy that needs to compete, and then uh, no shade to Justin, who's a Jaguars fan. You said you need him to compete. I mean, and you want him to go to the Jaguars? Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I mean, if not, yeah, you know, I mean, based off of based off of last year's stats and the fact that Baker was literally running around like a, I mean, he was a, uh, it was a, yeah, a raggedy ant or like a, you know, he yeah. was a rag doll that was getting sewn back together. He had a torn labrum for half the season, and he still played better than Trevor Lawrence. I get it, rookie year playing in Urban Meyer system that then switched to, you know, God knows who came in as interim head coach. So, I mean, I get it, but now think about but who the I, Jags I mean, I have think, signed. I, I don't this year. Christian Kirk? Yeah, I, I still think that they at twenty one million a yeah. year for someone who's not a wide receiver yeah. one. Right? My point exactly. And then they got these two great guys in O line. They picked up Brandon Sheriff, right? Uh they picked up uh Darius Williams from the Rams at cornerback. Uh Evan Ingram. Like yeah. they're oh, they're doing me. well. Trust me. I mean Evan Ingram I, I I mean, okay, they're doing well, but they're still going to go five and twelve max. I, I just don't. I don't see. I don't see. No, look. I don't see how the worst move made was the. I think. I personally, I think the worst move was the Christian Kirk move, specifically for the money. The money was I mean, atrocious. If he would have gone four years, forty-eight. I. If he wouldn't. If he would have gone four years, forty-eight, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Okay. But they lose Kirk, or the, excuse me, they lose DJ Chark, who signs with the Lions for one year, ten million, with a, with uh, bonuses up to potentially twelve million. But then they sign Christian Kirk for seventeen million a year, with um, you know, uh, with uh, bonuses up to twenty-one million. Okay. Which is insane. I think I don't. I don't think that DJ Chark, when healthy, and Christian Kirk are that far apart in talent. And if anything, DJ Chark might be a more talented receiver oh. than Christian. Kirk. Oh, I agree. Even though Kirk, even though Kirk was a, even though Kirk was a third option. I mean, and that's what Justin continually says is like, oh, Christian Kirk was the third option uh, behind A.J. Green and um, and D-Hop, and he, yet he still was able to get almost 1,000 yards. I get that, but I just think that he can't match up against a number one corner. Like, he's not going up against a Jalen Ramsey. He's not going up against an A.J. Terrell. You know, he's not going up against any of the shutdown corners in the league and winning those matchups. They're going to shut him down nine times out of ten. So... I, I, I hate the Christian Kirk move, so the fact that Amari was your worst move, even though they got his contract 15 mil, they cut Jarvis Landry, saving them $15 million, it was literally a one-for-one one swap of a, what, I think it was a fifth-round yeah. pick 
for Amari Cooper yep. and then cutting Jarvis Landry so they didn't take a, a, a bad cap hit. No. I I don't see how that's a bad trade. If they if they would have given up a first round pick, then maybe I could see how that was a bad trade. But a fifth rounder for someone who is a proven wide receiver one when healthy, one of the best route runners in the NFL. Yep. Uh, that's that's a stretch. That's a stretch. Well, for me. this also goes back to the Cowboys because like they signed Gallup to what uh, I think it's a five year sixty one million dollar deal or, or something like that. And they dropped. It was five years, 62, 60, 62 and a half, dropping Amari. I mean, they're still, they were still paying Amari 20 mil versus Gallup getting 12 and a half. And, I mean, look, I made this argument in our group chat. If John's – I mean, John, Jake, Matt, they're all going to be like, yeah, he's been clowning about how good Michael Gallup is. I think Gallup, when healthy – Oh, it's um, phenomenal. Is obviously a grade below Amari – he's a grade below Amari Cooper, but he still has the chance to be a wide receiver one in the yes. NFL. Um if he if he can manage to stay healthy and if Dak can continue to deliver the ball to him, but we spent too long on this. Who's your number two <laughs> worst move? <laughs> and don't say something stupid, or else I will go off again. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so a big thing that I did not agree with personally is the okay. first of all, uh, how can you as a a, a franchise? Who's who's been known to have a star quarterback play for since 2012? Let a quarterback go, such as the Seahawks, right? And then, are you saying that the second worst move was the Seahawks? No, no, going? no, no, no. I'm, I'm just. Oh nope! I see where this no, no. is going. I Do see you? Where this is going. They're, are you talking about them cutting Bobby yes. Wagner? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah. So they let two All Pros walk on exactly. the same day. Exactly. Like, he, he was not showing any signs from what I saw last year in his play of him dropping a top-tier elite status as a middle linebacker. Speed wasn't uh, being he's lost. He's definitely top six on any oh, given easily. Day. Like, well, that makes no sense to me. And maybe it's just to clear up space, but I don't think his, his cap hit was that much, was it? It was twelve. I think it was 12, 12 15. 15. I think max 20. I, I, don't know the exact, I don't know the exact figure off the top of my okay. head. Um, I mean, he was a he was a, a pretty solid cap hit. Personally, I think that a lot of that move was made with the expectation that they had a shot to get Deshaun. Okay. Yeah, uh, that and I think I think the other thing too is them them getting rid of Bobby, even though they could have flipped him for a late round pick, Still. maybe a sixth or a seventh. Um, they could have gotten some value yep. out of him, but I, I I think I think trading Russ and then twelve hours later getting rid of Bobby Wagner was the equivalent of them, you know, waving the white flag and just saying, yes, we're going full real. Absolutely. Like, this team is going to go back to as bad as they were when Tavares Jackson was their, you know, was their quarterback. Back when, you know, the post-Hasselbeck, post-Sean Alexander years, before they got Marshawn yep. Lynch, just kind of that, like, 08-ish until 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Like, those five years were so abysmal for them because they were just in between different quarterbacks. Seneca Wallace, like I said, Tavares Jackson, just guys that should not have been starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, And I think that's exactly what they're going to go back to until they find another, you know, star quarterback. Um, Because if we've learned anything from the NFL, it's the fact that if you don't have a top five, top ten quarterback, not necessarily in terms of pay, but in terms of talent, you're not winning the Super Bowl. No shot. We've seen three – three Super Bowls in the last 20 years where there wasn't a top five quarterback uh, leading the helm. So, Like, for example, Nick Foles? That's, that's, 
I think uh, Foles was one. Flacco, Flacco was, was one. one. I didn't think he was top five. Um, Brad Johnson was one uh, for the Buccaneers, and then Trent Dilfer for the Ravens. So technically four. Flacco was Flack- was fringe. But see, like Flacco and Manning. And Foles, Foles was. But like Flacco and Manning were more of those people that like did decent in the season, but were stellar in playoffs. You get them in the playoffs, and they're just a different That's true. mode. Yeah, Eli. I mean, Eli. Eli Manning. Eli Manning was the definition of beast mode in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. But yeah, he. I mean, he. He was so. I mean, he was a top fifteen quarterback. I mean, I don't. I don't think he was ever top five during the regular no. season. But then he comes out in the postseason and just turns a different yeah. clutch gene on that we had never seen. So, no, I, I get it. Um, I mean, I, I agree. I think, you know, you don't cut an all-pro when someone – I mean, especially when someone like Von Miller just got six years, $120 million from the Bills. Personally, that's my number two. <laughs> that's um, definitely a good one. My number one is Christian – my number one is Christian Kirk. My number two is Von Miller, six years, $120 million to the Bills. Um, if Bobby Wagner gets cut – but Von Miller gets six years, 120 mil. That's just different. That's, different. that's on different levels of, of very, stupid. very different. Um, especially when they're, I think they're the same age. 31, turning 33 oh, wait, this year. Uh, wait, so, what? Isn't he 31? Von Miller, Von Miller turned okay, 33 okay. in March. But um, yeah, I think just at the end of the day, I, I agree it was a stupid move. But if the end goal is for them to acquire Deshaun Watson and they achieve mm-hmm. that, and they needed to clear that cap. I don't. I don't hate it as much. Okay, but number three. Okay, so number three, and once again, like you may base yours off of salary or picks or whatever, but mine's just straight. Why get that player at all if your team won't fit that that personnel? And for this one, for me, it would be Mitchell Trubisky to the Steelers. Dude, yeah. What? I'm sorry. Two. Two years at seven million. It's, a year trust me. When he's an immediate upgrade over Mason Rudolph, he's an immediate upgrade over Mason Rudolph, over Dwayne Haskins, over Josh Dobbs. He's better than every quarterback that they have in that quarterback room. He was a Pro Bowl. He went to the Pro Bowl with the Bears. He had shown significant improvement with the Bills, and now he's going to a team that is quarterback needy. When all he needs to do is hand the ball off to Najee 25 times a game and not throw stupid picks. I think Trubisky is only slightly worse than Carson Wentz at this juncture. So getting him at two years, $7 million when when I think that was very close to the price tag that Teddy Bridgewater got, if not a little bit less, I, I, look, I, I love that move. I can't. I, I want really? to go to the Giants so bad. Literally on last week's last week's pod, I was uh. crazy about it. But that's one of my favorite moves was Terod Taylor going to the Giants because I think that he is the that's definition. A good move. John, um, our, John said it earlier. Yeah, he's literally the definition of NFL as a business. Yeah. Um, but I look. I love the Trubisky move, and I mean, you might say it from a scheme fit perspective, but I think that if there's anyone that can play in Heinz Field, it's someone who used to play at Soldier Field, and that's Money Mitch. Especially after playing up in New Era Field up in Buffalo, Buffalo. he's someone who can handle okay. the cold. He's someone who can handle okay. the elements. I, look, I love. I love the Mitch Trubisky. Move. So. I don't think it's an A plus plus, but I think if if he was one of the better quarterbacks on the market, I think that he was at the same level as Jameis Winston. Um, I think Jameis has more of an arm, and if his uh, his first game of the last season was any indicator of what he can do this year when fully healthy, um, you know he's definitely the higher upside pick. But I think for someone who who re- rejuvenated his career last year, signing a one year move with with the Bills. 
I think that every team was kind of uh, every team that needed a quarterback was looking Mitch's way, and that's not something that you can say for every quarterback on the market right now. So the Steelers last year ranked 26 overall in O line, like great. They were they were 29th yeah. uh, in run blocking, uh, blocking, and then 24th in pass blocking. Okay, Trubisky is not good under pressure whatsoever. And then you look at their their, their receivers. Who do they have at receiver? Uh, they've got Deontay Johnson, James Washington. They're probably going to lose Juju, mm-hmm. uh, but they have. Um, oh my gosh, who's that? Uh, I know his name. Um, Ray Ray McLeod. I mean, no one again. No one great. Correct. But and you still can't expect to keep running the like ball it, though, because believe it or not, this is a pass happy league. I mean, that's true. But I mean, Najee still got over a thousand yards last true. year. He caught even more yep. than that. And then on top of that, uh, Deontay Johnson was a top 15 fantasy wide receiver, and Ray Ray McLeod came on at the end of last season as a slot guy. James Washington did the same thing, especially after Juju went down. I watched a lot of Steelers football. Cullen's a huge Steelers fan. So watching watching those games for me, like especially, I mean, I went to one at Heinz Field, watched it in person, watched how terrible Mason Rudolph was. He was horrible, And, and not to me. mention the fact that that defense – Look, the defense keeps getting better. I mean, I get it. They have to make moves on that offensive line. But you've got Pat Fryermuth at tight end. It's it's If they can figure out what they're doing with their front five, all the skill position players right now put them in a position to at least not be seller dwellers. That's fair. In the AFC North. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that the Ravens, Bengals, and Browns all look a little bit better than they do right yes. now. Um, but if the Browns lose Baker and don't get Deshaun, if the Ravens continue to suck like they did last year, which I don't see happening, and if the Bengals can't repeat, I mean, the Steelers might be cellar dwellers, but that defense just keeps getting better, better and, and better. better and better. They pick up Miles yep, Jack. Uh, TJ Watt's not slowing down anytime Absolutely soon. Not. So I, I love the Trubisky pick because I, I don't think that Mitch loses you games. I think that Carson Wentz can lose you games. But I also think that Carson can win you games, and that's the kind of trade-off that you take when you trade for someone like Carson Wentz versus signing someone like Mitch Correct. Trubisky. I mean, think about it. Like, last year, weren't you and I extremely, like, hopeful for Ryan Fitz, you know, like Fitzpatrick? Like, what if he stayed healthy? Would he have been able to make plays yeah, I mean, the Ryan, way that Heineke could make plays and get out of the pocket and scramble? I don't know. But also, would he be able to reach Terry McLaurin and Mitch Stryan on deep balls and not underthrow him? You know, yes. it's like, what if, what yes. if, what if? And here you have a quarterback I mean, who look, can scramble and is fast enough and also can cause some sort of place on the field in Trubisky, but Haskins has an absolute cannon of an arm and has not been, you know, been given a chance under a good coach to be given that shot. You know, he was drafted with, with, you know, with uh, Jay Gruden. So, like, no one put any faith in this guy, and he just said, go out here and have fun with only Terry McLaurin. But you know, also- like, it's just it's tough. He also made stupid mistakes, which you can't do as an NFL quarterback if you want to keep a starting job. Well, true, but don't most so quarterbacks... I, I, look, I don't think... Look, I, I just don't think... No, go ahead. I'm what? sorry. Go ahead. No, I just don't think that Dewey Haskins has what it takes to be a starting quarterback. I think that it was a stretch that he was a first-round oh, pick out of Ohio by State. by far, man. The fact that we drafted him and then traded up to get Montez Sweat in the same round, it seemed like an absolute great year. It was like, heck yeah, it's going to be awesome. And you realize, okay, Haskins was a bust. There's no reason to trade up for him. And he wasted a second-round pick. Anyway, that's the point of living under Dan Snyder. 
but moving on though, fair enough. We have differences in that. I get that. You see it from that perspective, and I totally get where you're coming from, like from there. But for me, I just, I just don't see it. I hope to gosh you're right though. Oh. Okay. Um. So if you had to say the team that went out and made the best moves to better their team, honestly, Bills. I think Bills are up there. Bills. What? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Bills. Dude, they've made one. What move. do you mean? The only move they made was Von Miller. The Bills. The Buffalo Bills. What else have they done? What else did uh, they do? They also did... Let me think about this. They also did... Hold on. The only other major signing was J.D. McKissick. They have... And he... Uh, so, Buffalo Bills, you said Von Miller, right? That's the only... And then, O.J. Howard is what you said. Okay, okay, O.J. Howard. And then, was for one year, they get a, a phenomenal... Death guy from the commanders and Tim Settle at D at D tackle. Tim Tim Settle on the D line, dude. I I just don't. He doesn't. That doesn't do it. Doesn't for do it for you. Well, you tell me yours. You tell me yours. Because a second up for me, an the easy Chargers. second. I was gonna say the Chargers. An easy second for me would, would be the Chargers. Yeah, I mean the Chargers adding J C Jackson, adding Khalil Mack. Um, add, I mean, re-signing Mike Williams, if Herbert can continue to target him like he did those first like five or six games of this season, um, you know, not losing any of your major pieces, nope. adding Sebastian Joseph Day on the defensive and line, someone who is coming over from yep. the Rams. You got a corner and, and, uh, and Jackson, I, I, right? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah, I Jack, already said yep. J.C. Jackson. Love that move. Uh, love what the Steelers did. Obviously love what the Broncos are doing. Uh, but yeah, Chargers definitely take my take my number one spot now for the team that's doing the worst in your in your uh, dude the worst right now it would have to be the New York I, I mean the uh, uh, you know like the Saints I have no idea but just the fact that they're, they're not, not doing they're any just moves losing every they're I mean, losing everyone they're not making any moves I mean uh, granted like this will go into you, our I next mean, you know why they're yeah. you know why that's happening yep. though they're negative seventy million. Correct. The cap. They have to let everybody. Correct. Walk. Which is which is just Personally, poor management the, in general. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, my least favorite team this offseason has been the Falcons. Personally, okay. You let Russell, you Wasn't. let Russell Gage mm-hmm. go. Um, you act like keeping Alameed or um, or Zacchaeus or something. Uh, their number one ride wide receiver right now is Zacchaeus. Who, I mean, obviously you've got Kyle Pitts, but. Um, you know they're trying to make the move for Deshaun Watson, but I don't think they have the pieces in place they to won't. even go eight and eight if they no. get Deshaun Watson. So um, I think that this this off is kind of chalking it up to nothing yeah. for um, Arthur Smith, and I think that I think that they should politely bow out of the uh, Deshaun Watson race. Yeah, I think they try to ditch the contract of Matt Ryan to the Colts before um, Baker moves there. Mm-hmm. And then I think that they try to get Jimmy G oh, at a lower price Jimmy tag for the 49ers. Yeah, but right now, right now they just haven't been doing no. anything. Um, other other teams that I think haven't been doing or have been doing a lot but haven't been doing it at a great price tag. Um, I don't necessarily love the Dolphins pick. Oh, I was – yes. Uh, they pick up Agba. Okay. I mean, Agba was at – I think it was – Five years, sixty-five mil, or four years, sixty—something, something ridiculous that they shouldn't have paid Emmanuel Ogba. I think it was four years, sixty-four, which is still crazy. Um, they bring in Chase Edmonds to compete in the backfield with Duke Johnson um, and Miles Gaskin, which I just don't think is 
a solid move for them. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater, which I do I love that. I do mm-hmm. like that to try to compete with Tua. Um, but they lose out on Lakin Tomlinson, um, who I thought was going to be a shoe in to go there to follow Mike McDaniel. Um, I, I just I don't don't love their moves. Um, they brought well. First I mean, of all, a couple of teams that that come to mind. They also brought in Sed Wilson from the Cowboys at wide receiver, a solid line, a, a solid I mean, receiver. Okay, look, I, yes, but they don't have anyone other than maybe Devontae Parker who can stretch the field. Every single person on that team is like it's like the Bill or it's like the Bears. Other than Darnell Mooney, every single person in that wide receiver core is shorter than me. Yeah. And they <laughs> all, I mean, yeah, they all run four three forties, but. Speed, speed is not everything. Sometimes, yep. John right? Ross, for example. No, I mean, jo- yeah, John Ross. I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to say Henry Ross, um, because pun would one thousand percent be intended there. But I just, I don't think that having a bunch of slot style receivers does well uh, in the NFL if you don't have any guys that can stretch the field and be deep threats uh, like we've seen uh, the Chargers do so well with uh, Guyton and uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So I just I – don't, I don't love the Dolphins' moves either. I think they're throwing a lot of money out there, but I don't think yep. they're getting that much in return. I, I think very – I think my haul of mid for this offseason has been the Jaguars because they are getting so many players that are just they, – they, it just still doesn't move the needle. Well, they're them. all like depth like, players. They're building the yeah, depth. Yeah, exactly. They're building the depth. Yeah, they're building depth yep. right now. But there's nobody, there's nobody that really jumps off the page. Now, if James Robinson, if acquiring all those offensive linemen means that James Robinson pops off for 1,600 yards next year and Doug Peterson actually uses him and Trevor Lawrence plays quarterback the way that he should and he's hitting Christian Kirk and LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones if he's still there. Zay Jones. Um, you know, they, if Evan Ingram, Zay jo- uh, yeah, you bring in Zay Jones too at $8 million a year, which is still too much money for him. <laughs> um but I think, I mean, they're throwing a lot of money at these guys because I think that Doug Peterson, even though he doesn't have to be, is kind of in win-now mode. And Justin's probably going to hear this and get super mad at me, but it's okay. Um, I, I just think, yeah, I, I think that they've made a lot of moves. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're no. bad. I just think they're very yep. average um, because I, I would say that they were great moves, but they're spending way too much money, and eventually that cap is going to dry up, and they're going to be left with a team of depth with no superstars. And, for example, Saints. Yeah, I mean, especially with Alvin Kamara being such a question yep. mark, it just doesn't make sense to me um, that they're making all these – they're not making all these moves uh, because they have such cap troubles rather than getting rid of the guys um, that would clear that. So, really quick, though. Last topic. This is Really quick. Tell me the, the best move from your team, from the, from the Detroit Lions, your favorite move so far. I mean, it has to be Chark. Yeah, right? it has mean, to be Chark. Anything else other than bring – I mean, they've brought back – they haven't made any free agent signings other than bringing guys Correct. back. Correct. Um, they bring back safe, the safety Tracy, Tracy Walker, Walker out of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think that's, I think that's the only – I think that's a great re-signing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only you know, move that they've really made was picking up Chark. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that one of those three picks in the top 34 this year will be spent on a wide receiver. The other one's going to be spent on an edge. And then hopefully the other one's spent on a linebacker and not on a quarterback, <laughs> but we'll see. I agree. Okay. And finally, uh, where – Just real quick, where do you see Watson ending up? Panthers. 
Panthers. Okay. That's where I see it. I mean, I don't hate it. I think I think McCaffrey would have to end up being going to the Texans at that rate. Um, I think I don't think that the Texans want Sam Darnold, so they'll have to find another landing spot for Sam Darnold um, in exchange for picks. Um, other than keeping Sam Darnold to be the backup to Deshaun Watson, um, I don't like that move. I think that one of the reasons why this team has been doing the no, I, I hate the move to the Falcons, too. I think the only reason that this team has been making the moves that they've been making is in an attempt to get him, um, and that's the Cleveland Browns. I think the, I think he ends up in Cleveland. Um, really? Wow. They have the pieces. They have the pieces. They have the pieces on the defense, such as Denzel Ward, yep. uh, Greg Newsom, JOK. They have guys on the defense. Miles Garrett. Up to Houston as well. They're not giving up Miles Garrett. No, I'm saying that, you know, they have him, too, as I was getting out here, because... Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, like, they have, <laughs> yeah. because uh, the last report was, the last report was at least two or three first-round picks plus a defensive superstar, or two defensive starters uh, in order to get Deshaun, and that was before Russ jacked the price up. Um, yep. So if they get a first or second out of Baker to Indy, they get another first-round pick there. They go probably the next two or three first-round picks to get them, um, and then y- y- we kind of get to see um, – you know what Kevin Stefanski does with a quarterback who is top ten. So, very, very true. Very, very true. That's well, me. hey man. So, uh, you know, apples to oranges. You know what I mean. Or as they say on this podcast, one of us has to be right. We're going to take a break. I'll be coming back with my cousin Christopher to talk the brackets. See you soon. We're back. No breaks because there's no ads on your favorite podcast other than me talking about Anchor. Cousin Chris is on. It's his second time on the pod, which makes him the number one featured guest in One of Us Has to Be Right History. Chris, how do you feel? It's a true honor that I, apparently, I guess I was right enough the first time in One of Us Has to Be Right to be invited back to the second time. We'll see about today, but it's just an honor. I mean, the first time you were on, it was the NBA draft, and it seems only fitting that you're back to talk about your bracket for the NCAA tournament. Now, a note, you were the one that was right the last time that we were on the pod because I said it was going to be Scotty Barnes as the fifth person drafted, and you said that he was going to go in the top four. He ends up going four to the Raptors, and I eat my words and send you five or ten bucks or whatever the bet was. So in the last time you were on the pod, you were indeed the one of us who had to be right. So now we're going to be talking about the NCAA tournament, your top picks to win it all, your underdogs that you see potentially going to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, um, as well as just some uh, some fun games and fun matchups that you see coming up in these next couple of days. Obviously, we were recording this on Wednesday, um, so you know even though you might hear this on Friday or Saturday, um, these picks were all made on Wednesday before the tournament actually started. So, Chris, talk me through some of your blue chips people that you are going to see going to the final four potentially winning and then some underdogs that you like all right i'll start with uh some blue chips but uh this year's actually kind of tough for me i wasn't actually too into college basketball now i'm a florida state seminal so it just kind of crushed my <laughs> hopes and dreams watching our organization crumble from within our coach said it was injury I don't know. I just don't think they had the heart. But uh, so this year, 
They had no Scotty. They had no Scotty. We did have a Matthew Cleveland who just is coming off ACC Sixth Man of the Year. He's the same style player that I actually do see coming up in the draft. We'll talk about him when we go draft next okay. next time. I got I got okay. him going. I'm just I'll just I'll okay. just throw that name out there for now. Um, one that one of the teams that I think actually has the potential to win it all. Okay, it's not Gonzaga. I hate him. Gonzaga, Gonzaga. I absolutely hate that team. The, okay. I don't even have them going in the Elite Eight. I have them out in the Elite Eight. Ooh. That's it. They're out. Okay. That's another little... Okay. little. I also don't have them going far, but talk to okay. me. Okay, so one of my favorite teams, actually, is the Tennessee Volunteers. Volunteers, baby! Okay. Let's go! They're a number three seed. I think it's too low. I think it's too low. They just won the SEC they, championship. How, how, do you, fire. how do you win an SEC championship and be a three seed? That's all I have to say on that matter. But I actually have them going pretty far. I wouldn't be surprised if they have the heart to just because they were like, you know what, they're putting us in a three seed. They're snubbing us. They're, they're, I mean, they're obviously a high seed, but they're still thinking a little bit like, hey, they don't believe in us. That's a team that I think can go. Duke. I mean, the – the tough, the tough contest for them is going to be Arizona. Yeah. But I, if they can get past Arizona, I have Iowa coming out of that bottom right quadrant, I guess, of the bracket. And I think the Tennessee can beat Iowa and potentially be in the championship if they can get past a very tough Arizona team. Now on to the farewell tour, the Duke Blue Devils. Okay. I... Don't know what to think about them because I personally have seen the Duke Blue Devils play this year. I got to see the farewell tour, Duke uh, down down in Tallahassee. It wasn't really a real farewell tour, but I actually got to see them play. What did they win by thirty? <laughs> That's disrespectful. But let's just go on this for a little bit. All right, Duke. They're a little up and down. Lost to UNC at the end. That that's got to sting a little bit. And I know Coach K. Yeah. Has just been just fucking hammering them. Oh, can I curse on this? What, are, what is? It? I mean, you just wow. did. Wow, so. I don't think anybody has either. I think this is the first time. No, we don't. All right, we'll bleep that out. Hopefully, there's a we little try, bleep. We'll, we try not to. We'll curse. put that back in. Oh no, we just lost all our sponsors. All right, here we go. Duke, <laughs> Duke, Duke, Duke. He is absolutely livid. Okay, I got them at least going Final Four. If not, I don't know. I I don't want to say that they're a championship level team yet. They had they weren't perfect in the regular season. They didn't have that Zion factor, if you if you will. No, but they lost to FSU. I know. It was seventy nine seventy eight in OT. I miss. I completely misspoke. Oh yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to absolutely just destroy you. I mean, we did get destroyed when we played them at their house, though. But when they came to our house, yeah. Oh, yeah. When when we when, you guys defended home. We did defend home. We defended home well this season, which apparently doesn't help you get into the tournament that much. I mean, we're undefeated against Miami, <laughs> but let's not talk about that. We're not in it. We're not. We didn't even make the NIT. The not in tournament, so it's it's all around sad, <laughs> sad town, brutal. sad town Tallahassee. That's so brutal, sad town Tallahassee. But uh, I got Duke going far. I got Tennessee going far, and coming out of the West. Okay. I actually, mm, 
This one's hard for me. I hate Gonzaga. I just hate him. I don't know what I hate about him. Is the guy with the beard still there? I don't even know his name. Mustache. Drew Timmy. Drew, Drew Timmy? Did he graduate? Is he a sixth year or something? Drew, Timmy, Drew, Timmy's, Drew Timmy's there. Corey Kispert's gone. Ah. Jalen Suggs is gone. But then they got Chet Holmgren to take the center spot. Yeah, I just all around, all around just do not like the, do not like them. I don't. Str- strength okay. of schedule is just, I don't understand how they get in it every year. I mean, obviously they're that's the only team that they have for every sport. But I got a little bit of a, I don't know. I kind of like Arkansas coming out of there. Really? Yeah. I don't know why, but can the I be, S- can I be? Com- yep. I'm gonna be completely honest with okay. you. Okay. I have Texas Tech coming out of that out of the West. Okay. Because of how strongly they play defense, I see a lot of their games being like 59-56. Um, this is one of my sleepers. I love the Vermont Catamounts, and one of my upset alerts is Vermont to beat Arkansas in the round of 64. I think wow. Arkansas is coming in. I think Arkansas is coming in expecting to have an easy game. And Vermont's been incredibly high in offensive efficiency. So that's going to be a high-scoring game regardless. And if Vermont can continue to shoot the lights out, I really I really like the Catamounts' chances. Of course, I say that, and they're going to get blown out by 30. Yeah, obviously. Um, but I I have – I in one of my brackets, I have the it, it being New Mexico State versus Vermont with both UConn and Arkansas losing in the West. I think the West is going to be the most fun. Oh, I'm um, so excited. I'm so out. excited about the West. I yeah, I have Texas Tech coming out instead of Duke, which is crazy to say, being someone who supports Duke. But, yeah. I'm absolutely – I just love the West. Like, it's just – there's so many, I think, upsets aler- upset alerts in that bracket alone. Yeah. Now, you've said that you like Tennessee out of the South. Correct. You've said that you, out of out of the Midwest – um, oh, you haven't you haven't made your pick for the Midwest. I haven't made yet. my I Midwest or my East. Now I also have I also have a pick for the East, and I think that we might be on the same page here. Hit me with it. Hmm. See, I know this this one's hard for me. Except it was difficult to see during the regular this season, but I actually think UCLA. Okay. Now I have them going to the Elite Eight and losing to who I think wins the whole tournament. Okay. Okay. But I'm interested but to I see. Do like that I'm UCLA interested team. to see if your win the whole tournament happens to be a six seed Texas. No, I have. Mm, I have Texas losing to Virginia Tech round of sixty four. Wow. My win it all wow. team, and this is crazy, and they haven't done it in a while. Is John Calipari in the Kentucky Wildcats? Interest. That is that's hot take. I, I like think, it. I like it. No, I like I, it. I think they. I think they play a very fun style. I think that St. Peter's won't be a challenge for them. I think that Murray State will be a little tough, but I think they beat it out. They're either playing Texas or Purdue um, or Virginia Tech, I guess. Uh, but I think that they have that matchup, and then I think that they beat either Baylor or UCLA, which is the team that I see. Um, you know, making it to the Elite Eight. Interesting. I just like my boy Juzang's back. Coming off an injury. I do. I do. He's coming off. He, he is literally a March Madness player. He, he saved it up. 
he said, let me get injured sometime during the regular season just so I can come back. That's what I like about the kid. Yeah, no, I, I like Johnny Juzang a lot too. So I, I, I like the UCLA pick. I can't be mad at it. Um, the what, now, the Midwest, though, that's what's hurting me a this little is bit. Fun. This the is Midwest. fun. And I have a, <laughs> the Midwest. I have a nice... I have a nice take here, Christopher, uh, but I want you to say yours first. Okay, okay. See, the Midwest, I think this is going to be a crazy take. Everyone's going to be, you're, everyone's going to think I'm insane, but I like the Badgers. What? Yeah. I like a good old school Badgers team. I'm think, I'm feeling nostalgic on uh, Wisconsin coming out here. I'm not saying... You're feeling nostalgic on... Uh, on- Frank Kaminsky, Frank the Tank Kaminsky. All I'm saying is it's a they got a pretty good walk in. Okay. Considering their bracket. Otherwise, the only real test I see before them is Auburn. And Auburn is a good team. No, I think see, that's I disagree. I think that Auburn's incredibly overrated. My team, and this is this is a shock. Okay. This is the team that I have going to the Final Four out of the Midwest. It's the Iowa. Hawkeyes. I knew you were gonna do it. I knew you were gonna do it. I, they just they just play such a consistent brand of basketball, man. It's tough to hate them, especially since they're going to be playing the 13 seed South Dakota State Jackrabbits in the round of 32. Because we all know that Providence is getting destroyed. Providence got a Delaware boy. Do they? They have a boy from Delaware. Played at a little place called, I believe, Newark Charter. I'll tell you who also has a Delaware boy. The University the of Memphis Delaware. Tigers. <laughs> Whoa. No, I was going to say the Memphis Tigers. With Jalen Duran. That's just... Delaware's coming out he representing... I mean, to be honest, yeah, we've got. Uh, look, I'm. I, uh, I. I guess I can't say this on record, but I will be working from some place that I can watch Villanova Delaware on a huge screen um, on Friday at two forty-five. I will tell you that. I'm interested um, to see. What do you feel? How do you feel about? I haven't watched any of Delaware's games. I'm figuring you may have caught some of them on the CAA network. Of course, if they have that, is that on of YouTube? Course. What is that on? <laughs> what, what, where do they keep the CAA? Yeah, they do have, it's a little bit different than they ACC. Have the, they do indeed have the Hens All Access streams. Oh. Now, I will say, the reason that I like Delaware, right, is that when they are playing hot, they're hot. When they're cold, they're cold. I was expecting them to lose in the second round of the CAA tournament. They end up winning it. They make it in. I, I They've got Jameer Nelson Jr., um, who only is at Delaware because his dad is the general manager of the Delaware Bluecoats. Um, they've got Painter, who is so good. He's a, he's a solid big man. Um, they've got Kevin Anderson, who uh, Justin, I think, said you know on the last podcast that Kevin Anderson um, used like uh, copied off his homework one time in a math class or something. Um, smart smart but, to leak that right before the team, playoffs. Right, um, but this is one of those teams where when they're streaky good, they're streaky good, um, and they're coming in. The last time they played Villanova, they only lost by eight, and that was with a team that didn't have as much talent as the one that they have currently. 
Not to mention the fact that that was also on a neutral playing field up in the uh, up in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, sorry, Newark, New Jersey. Um, and so I I will tell you the bets that I have currently on that game, and it is twenty to win eighteen on Delaware plus fifteen point five. Wow. And then okay. eighteen to win eighteen to win two sixteen on Delaware money line. Um. So I think that the game is 100% going to be within that 15-point spread. So I'm not going to lose any money. But I do see Delaware keeping it close and potentially pulling it out to have one of the best upsets and then go up against someone who just upset their own team with Loyola Chicago beating Ohio State 10 over 7. So I like I like that. That, that bracket division is also going to be incredibly solid. So... Um, yeah, I, I, that's if if you had to pick one to win, we've talked about our favorites from each quadrant. If you had to pick one team to win, who are you taking? <sighs> one overall. I don't know. I just there's something about the SEC this year that is just. Really? Produced, they're just—it's just fun basketball. It's all around, when they're having fun. I mean, the scores are immaculate. I mean, my teams are out of the SEC too, at least one of them. And I actually, you know what? I'm going to do it. Tennessee Volunteers—they win it all this year. Really? Why not? Why not them? That's what they're I, thinking right now. I don't. I don't hate it. I've seen on everything that they've done. Um, that they are the um, they they keep on saying like oh only five more games to go for the championship so they're already considered there. Now I will tell you the the six picks that the experts make quote unquote um, is based off of the offensive and defensive efficiency ratings. You've probably seen this. Uh, it's the top twenty five in offensive efficiency, top forty in defensive efficiency, and based on the regular season, there are only six teams that meet those requirements, one of them being Tennessee. The other five, Gonzaga, Arizona, UCLA, Baylor, and Auburn. Of those, the only teams that I actually like to win are Arizona, UCLA, and Tennessee. I don't think I don't think Baylor can repeat after they lose who they lose. No chance. I think that Auburn's such a pretender. I think that Jabari Smith is going to get shut down at some point, either in the round of uh, either in the round of thirty-two or the round of sixteen. I personally have them losing to Miami, who Florida State beat twice. Yeah, that's um, just all round good good fun Miami FSU rivalry. Haven't lost to them at all this year. Basketball, <laughs> football. We even beat them at home. I don't know if you're familiar. There's okay. a there's a child. Uh, his name is Kason. He uh, at the game became a little bit of a sensation. He did the U, put it upside down as we do at Florida State, and then did a cry pout face. So we've already so we've already made shirts with the sucks to be U. Then we're playing Miami in basketball. Dave Portnoy goes down south. He makes fun of Kason. Bets all this money against us. Lost a lot of money that day. And loses lost, all of his lost money. Lost a lot of money that day. That's all I have to say. Yeah. I mean, look, 
I think that my team is the one that cracks the whole offensive defensive efficiency, and that is based on how well you're coached. And I think that with the All-Americans that this team has produced this year, as well as just the overall talent on this roster, I love the Kentucky Wildcats, and I've said that. Um, I think that they play scrappy, but again, that's that, that SEC style. And I think that we might start to see, we've already seen it with Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama a little bit. Uh, um, I got them. I, I don't know about them. I ha- Look, I have them losing... I have them losing round of 64. Yeah. But um, they, I think they put a fun team on the floor. But, I mean, also Kentucky in the SEC. I think that that's – obviously we, the, the, the experts are going to tell you that the big, the big six conferences, the major conferences are going to be the Big East, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, and the SEC. And every – championship winner for the last however many years has come out of one of those six conferences so picking a Gonzaga it just doesn't make sense because they're not battle tested enough I have a buddy who literally was born and raised outside of Spokane um, and he's a huge Gonzaga guy and I'm like look dude like you can make it pretty far in the tournament because you're playing crap teams up until the Elite Eight um, you know Sweet 16 Final Four but you're not going to be the team that wins and cuts down the cuts down the the the, the nets. Yep, that's the word I'm looking. Cuts down the nets. There we go. You're not going to be the team that cuts down the nets because you just aren't battle tested enough. And I think that, that Kentucky team is battle tested enough. I think that UCLA team is battle tested enough. Arizona, Tennessee. I think those are four squads that, even though only one of them, Arizona, being the number one seed. I think that those are the teams that potentially make it to that Final Four spot. And notice how we didn't say Duke. We didn't say Gonzaga. We didn't say Kansas. Um, you know, there's a lot of squads that have really high seeds that just probably won't make it. But at the end of the day, it's only Wednesday. And on April 4th, when we see the championship, we will know, like they say on your favorite podcast, that one of us had to be right. He's Christopher McAllister. Vinny Richardson earlier. I'm Josh Deal. We'll see you next week.